Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. So this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Paleo Valley. And they have a great new product that I've been taking every morning called Neuro Effect. And it is a neuro-supportive blend of eight full-spectrum mushroom extracts and something called NeuroFactor, which is whole coffee fruit extract. You guys, I'm a huge fan of medicinal mushrooms. I take them to support my immune system and my brain health. But virtually every mushroom product on the market is not really mushrooms. It's actually just a part of the mushroom. It's called the mycelium, and they actually grow it on grain. The grain can actually cause gut irritation and interfere with your body's absorption of the little mushrooms that they've got included in it. Now, Paleo Valley's Neuro Effect actually contains a blend of eight whole mushrooms. They're not grown on grain, so you get the entire mushroom instead of just a piece of it. The product is greater than 26% beta-glucans, which are the medicinal elements of a mushroom. Now, let's compare this to coffee. One of the ways that coffee works to increase your focus and energy is by modulating your body's secretion of brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF. If you've listened to this podcast for any period of time, you've heard me talk about BDNF. It is a protein associated with learning and memory. It also protects your current brain cells, and it encourages the growth of new ones. That's why it's no surprise it has the nickname Miracle Grow for the Brain. But we all know that coffee also can have negative side effects like crashes in the afternoon, stained teeth, dehydration, headaches, addictive properties. I mean, you guys know this. And that's why we went looking for a different way to increase your BDNF without those negative side effects. And that is how Paleo Valley came across organic coffee fruit. In just 60 minutes, it works 4.3 times better than coffee at boosting your natural production of BDNF. Plus, it only contains 2 milligrams of caffeine, which is similar to the amount you'd find in a single square of chocolate. So this means no crash or feeling like you need another cup of of, uh, coffee a few hours later. Just clean energy without the jitters. Now, it's also rich in beta-glucans. They are naturally occurring polysaccharides, and they're they're like the fountain of youth for your brain. They also support your immune system. Beta-glucans are one of the best things to support your immune system. A 2012 review on products containing beta-glucans found that they can help to naturally increase your energy reduce confusion, boost mood, improve recall and memory, and increase vigor. 
numerous prestigious universities like Brown, Cornell, and Harvard have all heavily researched the power of beta-glucans. And thanks to the dedicated research that's occurred over the last 50 years, we know that they can stimulate the production of BDNF. So you get beta-glucans. You also get the organic coffee fruit in this, as well as many other properties that are in things like lion's mane, reishi mushroom, turkey tail mushroom, cordyceps. You know, guys, I'm huge. I'm a huge fan of these kinds of herbs and mushrooms, and I think you guys will get a lot out of this. So go ahead, check out Paleo Valley. It's NeuroEffect. Use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to save 15% off. So this interview is a part of a series I did called the Fasting Transformation Summit. And in this summit, I interviewed the top experts in the world when it comes to intermittent and extended fasting and autophagy and self-healing. Now, these interviews were originally done in 2019, but the information is extremely relevant today. And this expert, as you will see, really has a great knowledge of this topic and will give you guys so much value. Now, if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment and leaving us a five-star review, your reviews help us reach more people and impact more lives with this podcast. And take a moment and subscribe to our channel. That way you get instant notification every time we put up a new podcast. Thanks so much for doing that. And I'm honored to share this information with you guys. Well, welcome everybody to the Fasting Transformation Summit, where we are uncovering the most ancient, inexpensive, and powerful healing strategy known to mankind, fasting. I know you've heard about it, You've probably heard people doing it. Some are scared of it. Some are jumping in. We're going to go through really in this summit exactly how to do fasting, right? And all the benefits that you can get from it. Really, who's a candidate for this? And so I'm really excited about today's interview. And this is with Ty Bollinger, who's a great friend of mine and a pioneer when it comes to cancer. And we're going to dive into this topic of fasting for cancer. And so if you don't know me, if you haven't listened to any other interviews on Dr. David Jockers, and I'm just really excited about this topic. And so Ty Bollinger, you'll know him from his best-selling books, So Cancer Step Outside the Box, as well as The Truth About Cancer and the documentary series Truth About Cancer and Truth About Vaccines. And so Ty, welcome to the Fasting Transformation Summit. Dr. J, thanks for having me on today, my friend. As always, a pleasure to talk to you. Some fun on this subject. Yeah, absolutely. And so Tell us your story. You know, a lot of people that we're interviewing are either researchers or natural health experts, but you got into this really through a family tragedy. Can you tell our audience really how you got started with your natural health walk and your, just your, um, your passion for helping people understand the truth about health and healing? Sure. It, it started a long time ago. It's hard to believe that it was uh, a little over 22 years ago now that we got started down the, the, the rabbit hole of researching cancer treatments and uh, beginning to share with people that they have options if they're diagnosed with cancer, which has become our life's mission. But it all started with my father in, the, in July of 1996, only six months after Charlene and I were married. We were newlyweds, six months married. We go to mom and dad's house. Dad doubles over in pain. He was 52. I'm 50 right now as I stand before you. So he was two years older than me. He doubles over in pain. We take him to the hospital. They think it's gallstones. Four hours later, they come out and the doctor's in tears. He says, it's cancer. It's so advanced and he's so young and at that point my mother collapsed and uh, 25 days, days later we lost dad he died within 25 days of diagnosis you know we, we see now in retrospect that he actually didn't die of cancer his prognosis was two years 
initially. He died in 25 days because they botched the surgery and he bled to death. So he was actually an iatrogenic death, which is a death caused by medicine. Um, but that's, that was the first of many loved ones that we lost to cancer. And uh, in 2004, I lost my mother and in between six other family members. So that's when we began to put this information that we've been researching since dad got sick. We've been learning about natural treatments for cancer. We've been learning that actually using nutrition to heal is, a, is not a foreign concept. It actually works, that there are thousands of documented cases of people that have healed from diseases because they changed their nutrition um, and may have even included fasting, and we can get to that. And we started, we put that into a book form and we sold our first book in July or in uh, August of 2006. It was called Cancer Step Outside the Box. Never dreamed that we would be doing this full time 12 years later, but that's kind of where God has us. And we're happy to be here to spread the truth that cancer doesn't have to be a death sentence. And after 2006, published a lot more books, about another half dozen books, and then finally started, started the truth about cancer in 2014 and doing the documentary miniseries that many people have seen now. Yeah, what a what a journey! And I remember years ago when you sent me the cancer step outside the box book. You sent that to me, and I was just blown away with the level of depth of research that you went through in that. And coming from you know a CPA background, right? You weren't really in the health space, but you dug into the research based on what happened with your father and what you were seeing going on with your family. Mm -hmm. And uh, so let's let's start with the role that nutrition does play in in cancer formation. Let's talk about that. Well, you know, many of the experts that I interviewed on the Truth About Cancer series said, almost verbatim, that if you're eating proper nutrition, if you're getting proper nutrition, and it's causing your immune function to work the way it should, it's impossible to get cancer, right? That's, that's how big of a, play, a role that nutrition can play in, in cancer formation. I, I believe, and many of the experts, and I think yourself, believe that cancer is a result of two things. It's a deficiency coupled with overburden of toxicity. What is that? Deficiency in nutrition, right? We're not eating proper foods or we're eating things that are actually toxic. And that's the other side of the coin that are making us sick. The toxicities are compromising the immune system. And then we're not able to function the way that we're supposed to, that God made us to, to heal. You know, it's interesting, but I, I really believe this, that, and this might sound funny from a guy that's done documentaries called The Quest for the Cures, but I don't think that there are any cures for cancer. I think, and here's what I mean by that. People, somebody's gonna cut that and put that out on the internet and say, hey, I don't believe there's any cures for cancer. What I mean by that is that God has made us to where we are the cure. Our bodies are what do the healing. Now, God's made hundreds if not thousands of herbs and roots and vegetables that have anti-cancer effects that allow our body to go in and attack the cancer and, and they'll help us with the healing. But overall, we get well because our body does the healing. We give the proper nutrition and it runs the way God made it to and God made us to be healthy. So I, I think the real cure to cancer is you making sure that you're getting proper nutrition, that you're detoxifying properly so that your immune function is not compromised and that's when cancer can get a foothold. Yeah, I totally agree. So <clears throat> why is this not taught? Like, why are mainstream oncologists and mainstream media not telling people more about this? You know, largely because they don't know. Um, now, many of them, many do know, and they just, it's not popular to talk about nutrition. But most doctors, I believe, really go through medical school with good hearts, good intentions. They want to heal. They want to see people get better. It's really, it's like what they do. That's their life. And that's their, they have good intentions by lar in large part. 
the problem is that even if you're a genius doctor, you don't know what you're not taught, right? You, you don't know what you don't know. And, and so what happened over 100 years ago in 1910 was called the Flexner Report, where the medical school education was basically co-opted in the United States to push drugs. And um, we, we, if you want to go into depth in the Flexner, we can, but we probably want to focus on other things. But you can do a Google search for the Flexner Report, and you can read about the way that the American Medical Association basically made medical schools who were pushing drugs, right, drug intensive, were the schools that got the, the funding from the big donors like the Carnegie's and the Rockefellers. And as a result, 100 plus years later, the only medical schools that are left are the ones that got the funding back in 1910. And the schools that got the funding were the ones that were pushing drugs and the homeopaths and the chiropractors and the naturopaths and all of the herbalists and all these things that we now might look at as quote quackery, right? Because we've been conditioned to think that's quackery, even though that is real medicine, that's ancient medicine. But we've been conditioned to think it's quackery. This all goes back to the American Medical Association in 1910. And that's why doctors don't know because they're not taught it in medical school because medical schools really, when it comes to cancer, and not necessarily a lot of other stuff when I'm, like trauma medicine and brain transplants and all the things that we're able to do that are really amazing with modern medicine today. I'm not anti-medicine or anti-doctor, but when it comes to cancer, we're in the dark ages. We're not, we're pushing drugs. We're pushing chemical drugs to try to heal someone that's already sick yeah. and the drugs are toxins. So why would you try to make somebody sick by pushing a poison? It just doesn't make any logical sense to me. Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry. Why would you try to make somebody that's already sick well by pushing poison? I think I said that incorrectly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really doesn't make logical sense. Now, in an acute crisis, could it potentially add some years to somebody's life or give them, buy them some more time for sure, but it doesn't actually move them closer to health. And I think that's the big thing that you're talking about here. And so, you know, we just- Let me jump in real quick. I I just got back from Asia. I was there for a month filming for our next documentary. To, to release in April 2019, the Asian Quest, I think we're going to call it something to that effect. Almost, uh, gosh, I'd have to say over a dozen doctors told me just in a sarcastic manner, like, I can't imagine why medical doctors are pushing so many drugs. We're not sick because we're drug deficient. It was just something that was very common among the, the holistic practitioners in Asia. They would say something to that effect that we're not sick because we're, we lack drugs. We're sick because we lack nutrients. Yeah. Drugs don't heal a sick body. And so it's very well, it's common knowledge over there that pushing drugs to heal sickness really is kind of wacky. Yeah, it's a core thought with traditional Chinese medicine. And that's kind of pretty much what, what dominates Asia. Although, unfortunately, the Western medicine is, has gotten in it, for good, for, you know, for, for positive and also for negative as well over there, yeah. too. So I'm glad you did that. And I'm looking forward to seeing that documentary series for sure. So we're talking about how nutrients play a role in helping prevent cancer. How about fasting? How about really just taking everything away? What role does this fasting play in reducing cancer formation and potentially uh, helping somebody heal cancer? Well, I think fasting plays a huge role oftentimes. Not everybody incorporates it into their protocol. I did interview a lady in, in Tokyo that was diagnosed with a really aggressive type of thyroid cancer. She did do chemotherapy, but the doctor says, you know, it's nobody lives through this. It, I mean, we can do you the chemo and we can put another month or two of life on you, but nobody's going to make this. And so she did the chemo, but then they tried to get her to go on this high calorie diet, which she said was just counterintuitive to her because she said, I feel like my body's sick because I'm putting too much 
sugar and things that feed cancer into my body. So she actually went, she did a 12 day water fast, which is the antithetical to what the doctors told her to do. She's alive like two years later mm-hmm. to tell her story because she, and I think she lived because she fasted. So what did she do? She removed the fuel from the cancer. Cancer cells ferment sugar to produce energy. They, that's well known. They're anaerobic and that's the way they produce energy without oxygen. They ferment sugar. So if you remove the source of energy, maybe you've got a chance to kill the cancer cells because they can't produce energy anymore. Whereas normal cells that aren't cancerous are really good at produ- using ketone bodies to produce energy. And ketone bodies are what we start producing when we stop eating sugar, right? So if you fast, by definition, you're going to start producing ketone bodies for energy and your normal cells run really efficiently on ketone bodies and cancer cells don't. So if you take away all the food, you fast, cancer cells are going to die because there's no sugar and the rest of your cells, you can live a long time without food. I mean, I, our good friend, Dr. Um, Edward Group did a 18 day water only fast earlier this year. And, you know, Ed didn't have a lot of fat to start with, but he was a, he was a thin guy, a slender guy like yourself, Dr. Jake. He went 18 days with no food, just water, and he did just fine. We can live a long time without food because our body starts converting the fat to energy. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable what the body does and how it increases its energy efficiency, its metabolic flexibility. And yeah, Dr. Group is one of our interviews, and he's talking about water fasting, extended water fasting. And you're right. I mean, the guy's probably like 8 to 10% body fat normally, um, and this is well-fed. And then, you know, he fasts and his body's still good, even though he's so lean at actually taking that fat and, and, and breaking it down and producing the fuel, right? And so from my experience, basically, you know, we know that viruses, right? You know, viruses can play a role as well with cancer. And so autophagy, we're basically, when we fast, the body's got to get fuel somewhere. So it'll, it'll break down fat cells, like you were talking about, produce ketones. <clears throat> and then it needs amino acids, things like that. So it'll start to break down these old decaying cells. And sometimes it'll go after these cells that are infected by viruses, right? And so it can be a great way to help reduce viral infections. And, you know, that could be a stimulus um, as well for cancer. And so, you know, a big thing that a lot of people with cancer are concerned about when it comes to fasting is many of them are dealing with cachexia, right? Where they're losing all this, uh, all this weight. And so they're told, they're given things like insure, you know, and told, hey, you need to yeah. Boost up your calories, consume more fuel, right? Consume more of these things. Which is, so, which is like 50% sugar. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if you look at the ingredients, it's like corn, maltodextrin, right? Sugar and GMOs. And basically that's, that's pretty much what they're giving them uh, the whole time. And so basically, what are your thoughts on somebody who is concerned about fasting because they're already losing weight with cancer? Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, strategies that they can apply as they go into fasting? You know, what, what, for somebody that's, that's already losing weight, mm-hmm. I, what I would recommend, and I, even though I'm not a doctor, I'm not supposed to recommend if, if it were me, like I can say this, that I would pro, what I would try to do is, is I wouldn't do like a, a water fast. You, you're going to need calories as you're losing weight. Um, what I would begin to do would be more of an intermittent fasting which gives your body time each day to deal with the toxic debris, to, to cleanse on a daily basis and have a concentrated period, maybe four to six hours each day that you get the bulk of your calories. And then, and what I would do personally is go completely uh, ketogenic. Um, I, I go a clean ketogenic, not like 10 pounds of meat a day, 
but a lot of avocados, a lot of coconut oil, who, even though you've seen the article that the Harvard professor talked about how toxic coconut oil was and how poisonous it was, yeah. she's clueless. It's very healthy. It's great for a ketogenic diet. Avocados, coconut oil, real butter. You know, I try to get a high quality fats, minimum, you know, middle of the road on the, on the proteins, make sure it's very clean proteins and then low carbs, that would be a, I would follow the ketogenic diet for four hours, five hours a day and get, get some substantial calories in during that time. Um, because then you got have a 20 hour period, 19 hour period that you're not eating. I think that combination, I, I know it works because I've interviewed hundreds of cancer patients that have done that and I know it's worked for them. That would be what I would do personally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And so you kind of get the best of both worlds. Your body gets more sensitive to insulin when you do that kind of extended fast. You also boost up some, some growth hormone, human growth hormone, which is great for the immune system, great for muscle development, um, preserving lean body tissue. But then you do get the calories in there too, right? Yeah. And so you get the calories that your body needs, the raw materials that it needs. So I think that's a great strategy. I think also too, yeah. it gives people it gives people like a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah. Where if you say to somebody, "Look, I need you to do a twenty-one day water only fast," they're going to be like, "I can't do it." <laughs> if you tell them, "I need you yeah. to do four days water only fast," they're going to say, "I can't do it." Probably. If you tell them, "I, I need you to do a two week fast where all you do is drink juice," they're going to say, "I don't know if I can do that for two weeks." But if you tell them, "I need you to only eat between a four and five hour period." Water the rest of the time. If you want to have a little bit of tea or whatever, something like that, no sugar, you know, no calories really, that's okay. But during that four or five hour period of time, you can consume, you know, 1200 calories if you want to, as long as they're clean and they can be tasty. You can have avocado and meat and eggs. They'll be like, okay, I can do that. You know, your average person can do that. Take some discipline, but you can do that and it's achievable. So I think that's one of the, one of the reasons that, that that's a good recommendation is that people can do that and they, they, they can look forward to that big couple of meals they're going to be able to have in just a few hours. And it's not like, oh, I got two weeks of this. I can't do it. Yeah, compliance is key. And so absolutely giving them something that they can tackle and say, you know what, I can, I can rearrange my lifestyle in order to do this is huge. And so I know you touched on toxicity and toxicity's role in cancer development. So we know fasting is a great way to help the body detox, whether it's through intermittent fasting, juice fasting, uh, whether it's through you know strategies like like getting in ketosis, um, can help the body to detox. And so, what are why is toxicity such a big factor today in, in causing cancer? And what uh, what do you typically recommend as far as helping somebody go through a detoxification process? I think toxicity is a, a problem for several issues. You know, number one, it, it uh, impairs the immune system. We, I mean, we just know that toxins impair immunity. That's, that's a given. Toxicity also burdens the organs to where they don't function the way that they should. So let's look at our, the organs of our body as if they were um, the bathrooms in our house. Right. And so, let you know, the, the liver is the downstairs bathroom and the kidneys are the upstairs bathroom. We have all these bathrooms in the house and they're all clogged. Right. Well, it's not going to be long before the house is a mess because the organs that are supposed to be detoxifying the waste from the house are clogged up. And so when we look at toxins that way. We look at a lot of the, the poisons that are in our food, the pesticides, the effect that they have on our organs and our body. 
you know, our organs are, are toxic. I don't know that any medical doctor would disagree that we're toxic. I, I think the disagreement is, well, can you really detoxify a toxic body? But everybody knows we're toxic. They're, we're exposed to so much. So I think the, the, the issue with tox, the toxicity is that it impairs the immune system. It clogs up the organs. And it makes our body just not, it makes the, the fluids in our body sluggish. Our kidneys aren't pumping the way that they should. Our liver's not uh, pumping the way that it should, the, the excreting the bile the way that it should. Our lymph system is not pumping the way that it should. I think that's a big one with toxicity because people don't understand that the lymphatic system is so important in cancer prevention. So we have the bloodstream, the blood system, and our blood's going to get pumped whether we like it or not. As long as that heart's beating, our blood's getting pumped. So it doesn't require any effort on your part. I mean, you don't have to go to bed and I'd say, I hope my heart keeps pumping the blood. And that's going to do it. That's the way God made us. But lymph system's different. And if you don't take an active role in your health and do something on a daily or every other day basis to stimulate your lymphatic flow, your body's going to be pretty toxic. Like if you're, remember the old cowboy movies out in the desert, they get to a bottle or a hole of water and it's all stagnant. And they're like, don't drink that water right? As thirsty as they were, they're not going to drink the water. Why? Because it's stagnant. And when our lymphatic system gets stagnant, we get toxic. So, and the lymphatic system is a, one of our detoxification systems in our body. So if you're not moving, and what my favorite exercise is a, is a rebounder, a little mini trampoline, just 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, watch your TV program, watch the news, watch a sports program, whatever, and just jump. I do it. I have one in my gym here at my house and I'll jump 15 minutes on the rebounder before I start my workout. Why? Because that up and down motion stimulates the lymphatic flow and it helps to detoxify your body. So that's something that I think many people today, because of our sedentary lifestyle, they don't get enough exercise. They're not getting the movement. And so that's important if you want to prevent cancer. Hey, I just want to take a quick moment and tell you about my new book, The Fasting Transformation. I am so excited about this book. It is a functional guide to help you burn fat, heal your body, and transform your life with intermittent and extended fasting. Fasting is the most ancient form of natural medicine. And in this book, I take you on a journey to help you understand how fasting improves your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity, how it shuts down inflammation in your body, optimizes your hormones, turns on fat burning, and helps activate stem cells and deep cellular healing. Guys, you're gonna learn so much from this book. You can check it out, The Fasting Transformation on Amazon or on our webpage, drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. So check that out now. You guys are gonna love the book. And if you have a chance, leave a review on Amazon. Thanks so much. Super important. And so what are some other things that, that people can be doing on a daily basis to help flush toxins out? Drink plenty of water. Mm. I mean, it just seems so simple, but how many people, you know, I go through probably 20 of these a day. I mean, I'm drinking I know, right? all I day. water right here. See that? Yeah. Cheers. So <laughs> drink lots of water because your body's 75 to 90% water, depending upon who you read. We're, a, we're mostly water. And if you're not getting enough water in your body, you're getting dehydrated. You're, it's not going to carry out toxins. That's the water. Being hydrated is essential if you're going to detoxify. Otherwise, the toxins don't flow through your body. They get caught. So drink a lot of water. That's number one key each day. Drink plenty of water. The lymphatic system I've already talked about, move. We need to sweat, right? And so along with our lifestyle that's so cush today for us, right? I mean, 
can you imagine if we 200 years ago, if, if people that were on the prairie said, hey, you know what, people are going to make a living uh, one day sitting in front of this screen and talking to other people and typing, they would have laughed, right? It's like, you can't make a living. You have to plow the ground. You have to grow your own food. But things have changed in technology age. But as a result of this technology, we're not moving anymore. We're not exercising anymore. And most people don't sweat on a daily basis. So sweating is key. Your skin is, is your, actually it's your primary organ of detoxification in your body. You need to sweat every day. I sit in a far infrared sauna. I also work out with weights, but I sweat a lot more in the sauna than I do when I'm working out with weights because most of the time people go to the gym, myself included sometimes, you know, do a set and wait four minutes and, you know, watch the news and do another set. You're not really working out that hard. And so it's air conditioning too. You got the air conditioning going on. Got the air conditioning on too. <laughs> so yeah, so in the far infrared sauna, I sit 45 minutes and I sweat like a pig every day. Why? Well, number one, it makes me feel good. I love that. Number two, it actually speeds up your metabolism mm -hmm. an amazing amount. The far infrared does, near infrared does as well. But number three, it also detoxifies. I'm sweating each day and that's healthy. Yeah, and, and you know, that actually stimulates autophagy as well too that deep heat and uh, high intensity exercise, like you're talking about, I'll stimulate that autophagy mechanism. So really powerful. Yeah. And going back to your pond example there, I always tell people, you want to keep things moving like a river in your body. You don't want them stagnant like a pond or else you get over fermentation and just massive amount of endotoxins, toxins produced within the body, leaching out into all the systems of the body. So you got to be like a river and keep hydrating your body throughout the day, keep things moving through. And your constipation is a big factor as well, right? So the hydration will help, really help the body to flush, you know, as far as how that, how that just gets everything out, gets all those toxins out like you were talking about. So what are some yes, helpful supplements that you like to use to help with lymphatic system, liver, colon, right? And getting the systems moving. My favorite supplements for that? Yeah. You know, I don't, for, for the lymphatic system, I don't really, I don't think I take any supplements per se that are for the lymphatic system. Um, I know that there's, there's a lot of supplements. There's a lot of homeopathy that you can take. Yeah. I've taken homeopathy for it in the past, but I don't really take any supplement that's for that per se. What I do is basically just try to make sure that I'm rebounding every day and sweating every day. And I, you know, that I, I think that's enough for my detoxification process. If I were going to do like what, what you hear is like a full body cleanse, right? Where you do all your, yeah. your organs and I, a lymphatic system would be a part of that. And I would probably take something at that point to help the lymph drainage even more, but I don't typically every day. How about SEAC T? I've heard that SEAC T really helps stimulate the lymphatic system. What are your thoughts on that? You know, it does. It does. Yeah. That's one of the things that SEAC T does as well as, you know, not only is it known for cancer, but also lymphatic, lymphatic drainage and blood cleaning. Uh, a lot of the, herb, the herbs in SEAC are, are good at both of those. It's interesting, Dr. J, my grandmom, who died of cancer in 98, I think it was, maybe 99. She had been diagnosed in the late 80s, and she had used SEIT for almost a decade, even though you know wow. she was told she wouldn't make it very much longer. I still remember going to her house in San Antonio and helping her make that SEIT. She brewed it herself and put it in the yeah. dark amber bottles and put it in the fridge. She took that for almost a decade, and she wasn't supposed to live that long. Yeah, I mean, just powerful stories like that. Yeah, SEAC's got things like burdock in there, yellow dock, I believe, is in there. Some of these herbs that are really good, they really hit all the systems. But, you know, definitely I've heard that very good for lymphatics and just getting toxins circulating and moving out of the system. So real powerful stuff. How about, how about supplements you like to take for liver and gut? You know, um, I don't really take anything for liver yeah. or gut regularly. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the, the supplements that I take are more generic, like, you know, a multivitamin. I take a good turmeric mm -hmm. product. Yeah. Yeah. Good Turmix, for yeah. Real good for the liver. Absolutely. So good for the liver. Uh, but I don't really take it for that particular reason, just because it's just yeah. an all around superstar, right? Yeah. Yeah. I take a lot of medicinal mushrooms, mm. which are actually both good for the liver and the gut. Yes. Um, and so I do a lot of that. Um, I don't really take anything. If I'm doing like a detox, a gut detox, you mm -hmm. know, I'll take some, uh, some of the natural herbal laxatives to, to help the, the, yeah. the, the bowels to move. Uh, but I'm pretty healthy overall. So I don't typically include that every day either. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked a little bit about some of the supplements that you take. How do you incorporate fasting? We talked about intermittent fasting. How, let's take like a week or a month in your life and how you try to incorporate fasting in. Almost every day I do intermittent fasting. Yeah. So that's pretty much, it's not even like, it, it's just what I do now. You, you probably are the same way you get into a habit. I don't think about it as being intermittent fasting. It's just, I eat lunch about 1230 or one and I stop eating about 630 or seven. That's just what I do now. So that's my period that I eat. And when I'm eating, even though I'm not actively thinking I'm going to eat a ketogenic diet, I eat mostly a ketogenic diet. Not that I'm always trying to stay in ketosis, but the foods that I enjoy, I love avocados. I love eggs. I love coconut oil. I love butter. Um, I like clean meats. I like the vegetables that are the lower carbohydrate type vegetables like kale. Um, there's certain noodles that I, that I get that are very low carbohydrate noodles that are actually made from oh, yeah. Is that Sweet shirataki bread. noodles? Yeah, shirataki yeah, noodles. Yeah, miracle noodles. Yeah, so I eat pretty much ketogenic because that's what I like. But so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much usually keto, intermittent fasting, but I don't really think about it that way. That's just kind of the way that I eat. And if I want to have a bowl of organic ice cream with the kids, then I eat it. Yeah, so you're and pretty I, much, for the most part, you're eating intuitively, right? Yeah. So you know kind of, here's, I'm going to eat real foods. And I think this is great for all the, the listeners out there. Your baseline, your foundation is real foods, like real foods for the most part. And then, um, you know, basically you're just steering towards these foods that are very rich in nutrients, trace minerals, uh, very alive. And you love the fats and your body naturally starts to crave those healthy fats like we were talking about, avocados, yeah. things like that. And you've taught your body to burn fat as its primary fuel. So then when you wake up in the morning, you're hydrating your body well and you just don't naturally feel hungry. So you end up waiting typically yeah. till lunch, right? You consume a good meal and then you typically that, that satisfies you till dinner and you have good dinner. And then from time to time, you know, you enjoy, you splurge a little bit with your family and just enjoy a great time with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, and I think if you can get into a habit of eating, I guess intuitively is kind of the way that I'm eating. I feel the best this way. Um, you know, that way I'm not always like, Oh man, I gotta, you know, go on a diet or I need to lose some weight. And then, Oh, I got too skinny. I need to gain some weight, whatever you're, your plight might be on the metabolic you know, scale, just eat intuitively, eat what makes you feel good and makes you feel healthy. And so, and don't a diet when it gets to where you're, you're always obsessed about what you're eating. It's not healthy, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, it doesn't need to be the center of your, of your thought all the time. Oh, I wish I could have this to eat. I wish I had that. Get in a rhythm of eating what makes you feel good and get in the schedule of eating. And then that way you're just kind of living your life. You're enjoying it. And I can go spend time with Charlene and the kiddos and, and I have to think, oh, when did I get my last protein? Or should I have extra fat with this meal? Just get in the habit of eating what you said, clean, 
natural. I love sprouts. I love herbs. You know, I love the, I love fresh vegetables. So I'm able to eat all that stuff and still eat mostly ketogenic. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I'm thinking about what I ate for the last week. It's mostly ketogenic, but it wasn't because I was thinking I'm going keto. It's just what I like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So again, just eating intuitively. So for all the, the pay, people out there that maybe have had a family member affected by cancer or perhaps they're dealing with cancer right now, what are some words of inspiration that you could give them as they embark on their health journey? I mean, I think the first thing that I would want people to, to take away from this, this interview is that cancer is not a death sentence. So we've been conditioned, we've been programmed, literally mentally programmed to hear the word cancer and to panic. Because when you're in panic mode, you pretty much do what you're told. And the doctors have, not on purpose, but they just, they scare you into doing what they wanted you to do because you panic. You don't know that you have options. You're afraid of cancer. So our message is it's not a death sentence. There's always hope. Empower yourself with knowledge that if you are one of the 40 to 50% of people that will be diagnosed with cancer, according to the World Health Organization, that you do have options and it's not a death sentence. Um, and the fear itself can actually perpetuate the cancer, right? So you've heard of the, the, the phrase being scared to death. Yeah. Literally fear can do that to you. So if your, your, your immune system's already compromised, you go in, you've got a lump in your breast, let's say the doctor exam says it's cancer and it's bad. You, you've got maybe three months, ma'am. I'm so sorry to tell you you're panic stricken and your immune, you just went into fight or flight which further compromises your immune system. Your, your immune system, the blood in your immune system, we can measure your blood at that point. We can see what kind of lymphocyte activity there is and what kind of NK cells and T cells and B cells in your blood and what they're doing, and they won't be doing jack at that point. Your immune system stops functioning when you're in fight or flight, when you're scared. That's where the term scared to death came from, I think. And so, and, and studies have shown this, they've drawn blood from people to prove that fear can actually paralyze your immune system. Mm. So don't be paralyzed with fear. Know that you have options. Empower yourself with knowledge. And, you know, my recommendation is for people to get in touch with someone like yourself or another functional medicine doctor that can coach them through the process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and that's so true about fear. In the Bible, it talks about fear and love, right? And ultimately, fear is going to stop our body's ability to heal. And so... I think, you know, part of the Fasting Transformation Summit is not just fasting and its, its role on us physically, but also we can mentally, emotionally, and spiritually fast as well, right? Like fasting from negative thoughts, fasting from fear. And yeah, I mean, you know, if you look in the, in the Bible, Dr. J, there's, you know, we, Charlotte and I were just talking about this a couple of days ago. She, there's a passage where they're casting out demons and, and um, this kind of demon is only going to be cast out with prayer and fasting. Yeah. Right? So there's certain there's certain power that the fasting can give you spiritually as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, prayer and fasting, I've found to be the most powerful form of healing. And really, it doesn't cost you anything other than just a commitment. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. And so you're fasting, you're cleansing your body from the inside out. You're also cleansing your mind with prayer from the inside out and kind of attuning to the messages that God has for you. So, yeah, really powerful stuff. And uh, yeah, if, if somebody's out there, let's say, um, and they're struggling with cancer, or they have a family member with cancer, and they want to find out more about you, the work that you do with Truth About Cancer, your documentaries, um, where can they find that? Yeah, it's www.thetruthaboutcancer.com. We've got 
thousands of free articles out there. We've got uh, documentaries that we produce where you can watch uh, some of the episodes out there that are on YouTube. You can watch them. Got just a lot of free information. And, and the goal that we have um, is just to help empower people with knowledge so that you can make a good choice. You know, the problem that, that I have, the problem that Charlene, my wife, has, I mean, our big beef with this whole system is that people really aren't given a good choice. I don't have any issue at all if somebody's diagnosed with cancer and they want to do chemo. That's their choice. We should have a choice. The, the issue that I have is that they're told that's their only option. That's not true. There's lots more options that you have. You just need to know about them. And that's why we do what we do. That's why you're doing what you're doing, Dr. J. We, we love you. We love Angel, the boys. We admire what you're doing as well because you're on a mission to educate people that they have options, right? All of this stuff that, look, that the, the modern medical doctors look on and they say, oh, this woo-woo medicine. Man, this medicine has been used. This is God's medicine. Nature, herbs, homeopathy, um, sweating, right? Getting out in the sun, eating real food. This goes way back to the Garden of Eden. This is God's medicine. He put it here for a reason. In Genesis, how many mentions do we have of herbs yielding fruit and seeds? That's God's remedy for, for health is to eat natural foods. It's, that's his medicine. But we're told today, you know, God's medicine is not really good enough right now. We need the chemicals and the technologies that have been developed in the last hundred years to heal you because uh, we're shocked that humanity made it this far without our inventions, even though we've lived for several thousand years at a minimum without ra radiation therapy or chemotherapy, but they think you got to take these to perpetuate the survival of humanity. It's just not true. It, as a matter of fact, they've co-opted the language to where if you hear somebody's diagnosed with cancer, they're going to go and the doctor's going to say chemo, radiation, surgery. These are your only treatment. These are the traditional treatments for cancer. Well, that's not true. Traditional means that they've been used for traditions. Chemo, radiation, surgery aren't traditional. Eating right. herbs and natural foods and detoxification, eating, you know, God, using God's remedies for disease. That is traditional medicine. This new stuff that we've just invented in the last hundred years should be called alternative. Chemo and radiation and surgery should be called alternative medicine because it's not traditional. The traditional stuff is the stuff that God's given us since creation. Well, Ty, you're, you're right on with that. And uh, this has been such a great interview. And I want to acknowledge you for your passion and your commitment to getting this message out and bringing hope to millions all around the world that have been affected by cancer. I know cancer has affected my family, affected me personally, and uh, just what you and Charlene and your, your whole family represents and, and the message the the incredible content you guys have in your documentary series, as well as on, on your website, uh, fantastic content there. I know it's giving, bringing hope to so many people. So thank you again for what you do and for also for being a, a part of our Fasting Transformation Summit here. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Lots man. of love from the Bollingers to the Jockers. Well, thank you so much. And so for those of you that are listening, just remember this, this last thought, the fasting can unlock the dormant healing potential within you. It's safe. It's powerful and it just might transform your life. So hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you on a future interview in the Fasting Transformation Summit. Be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I wanna thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you wanna dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, 
then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.